be in Galatians uh, chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 15 through 25. Stan, last week talked to you about uh, we are heirs of the inheritance, uh, Abraham's promise. And so right in between that, Paul brings up the law. And uh, how many lawyers we got in here? How many? I think I know uh, Mike's not here, but there we have one. Uh, law and so if you were to look at the law how many of us would understand the law I mean we understand a few things right speeding limit and stuff but when you start reading some laws where did, where, where, where go, where's your mind go you're like what is this thing trying to say and if you go and vote on some of the amendments or something onto a uh, law you have to print something just to understand what are they asking me to vote on because if you read the law words, most of us were like, I don't get this. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes uh, we're just like, phooey, you know. And sometimes uh, as they pass laws, they'll pass one law, but there's another 15 laws that's got to be passed before you do it. And it's just, you know, we say it's crazy, but there's just different reasons. I wanted to read a few old Georgia laws that are still on the books, okay, but they're not in forest anymore. One of them is donkeys may not be kept in bathtubs. Okay? And I'll tell you that one goes back that uh, one state had put uh, had a flood and a donkey got in a bathtub and it took so much money and resources to rescue this donkey that's floating around in a bathtub. So Georgia decided that we're not going to be able to put donkeys in a bathtub. I don't know if you, Brad, Bradley, have you put your donkey in a bathtub lately? Okay, there. <laughs> No one may carry an ice cream cone in their back pocket if it is Sunday. It's a law. Okay, that goes back to when people rode their horses to church, tied the horse up at the church, and the thieves would come back with a ice cream and, and lure the horses away and then steal the horse. But that's a law that's still uh, on the books today. The rest of the week, you can carry ice cream in the back pocket. <laughs> You're like, okay. Uh, you have the right to commit simple battery if provoked by fighting words. Okay, what does that mean? What's simple battery? <laughs> Do what, Pat? Yeah, but it's simple. You know, I can't take a stick and make it more complex. I don't know. It's just, you know. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but with fighting words, it has to be fighting words, okay? Goldfish may not be given away to entice someone to enter a game of bingo. How many have won a goldfish at a bingo? Maybe have, you know, in a little bag. Uh, I know as a kids in elementary school, we did. In Athens, owners of mules may not allow their an animal to roam around unsupervised. But I guess they can roam if they're supervised. I don't understand. In Atlanta, it's against the law to tie a giraffe to a telephone pole or a street lamp. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen giraffes. There's some different things I've seen in Atlanta, but not a giraffe. Um, in Columbus, picnics are prohibited in graveyards. Okay. Uh, in Gainesville, just right up the street, Chicken must be eaten with the hands. 
It's against the law to eat it with a fork. <laughs> and then finally, in Quitman, Georgia, it is illegal for a chicken to cross the road. <laughs> so, you know, what do you do? Do you carry the chicken? So, seriously, these are laws that have been made as for whatever reason to protect or to uh, whatever. So what we're going to go into is the purpose of the Old Testament law. There's some of them that we kind of raise our eyebrows at, don't we? We're like, what? Now, we don't participate in that, so I wanted to show you that there's 613 Old Testament laws. Okay? That's really minimal compared to how many laws we have today, right? Uh, that we must adhere to as uh, citizens. But there's 613. Those laws were implemented uh, by God but after the promise to Abraham that Stan Nutt had talked about. So it's after the promise. But just to give you a perspective, I'm not going to go over all of them so you can relax. You're not going to go over 613. But there were moral laws. There were moral or ethical laws. And some of those laws, what we, are we living by today? Don't murder. You know, those type of things. Don't steal. There's those moral and ethical laws. There's also the civil laws. Uh, that are put in place. Do we have some civil laws? We do. And uh, now they didn't have speeding, I don't think, in one of their civil laws back in Israelite days. Camels could only go so fast, or people walking. And then there's those religious or ceremonial, uh, ceremonial, ceremonial uh, laws uh, that they had to do. And we know about those, right? Where they had to go to the temple. They had to go do this uh, sacrifice or, or whatever. And so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about, 613 that went away. When Christ was here, what law was he living under? He was living under the old law here, uh, which is the law. So as we go into this, I want to uh, read some scriptures. So go into your uh, Bibles there, and we'll read verses uh, 15 through 17 to start this off uh, with. Galatians 3, 15 through 17, to give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. If does not say, and to offsprings, plural, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean, the law which came 430 years afterwards does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. And so Paul here is appealing to who? Is he appealing to the Gentiles or appealing to the Israelites in these scriptures? The Israelites, the Jews. He's appealing to them because what, as we know, what were they trying to adhere to? The 613 laws, right? And Christ came. They knew Christ was there. But they were uh, looking at this and saying, well, we need to follow the law. And we've talked about circumcision, right? Before you become a Christian, you've got to do this. So there was a, there's, and we've read it. We've read it many times. You've got the Pharisees who took some of the law and said, well, we're going to make it this. Sadducees. There was a lot of turmoil with Jews becoming Christians during this time because they had been in, 
ingrained with the, the law. And so Paul is saying what? He's saying to change the per promise, the, the, the law is not to change the promise that God made to Abraham. Why is that? 430 years before the law was ever established, God said, I'm going to, what, what was the promise that God made to Abraham? Nations will be blessed. And basically, the Savior's coming through your seed, right? And it says, and, and that's why he says uh, here in verse uh, 16, he made a promise to Abraham and to his offspring. There, and it's very critical that we pull, look at those two words. Because the offspring is pointing to who? Christ. The offsprings could be anybody, right? But because of that promise, and so here the, the law is not trying to uh, do something that God had already made a promise, and that promise was made to who? Way back in, in the Garden of Eden, right? God said that there's going to be what? Somebody that's coming, that's going to bite the, I mean, uh, stomp on the head, crush the head, uh, of Satan. That promise was made way before Abraham. Oh, and by the way, Abraham was a Jew or a Gentile? He was a Gentile. Abraham's a Gentile. Okay? So the Jews lift up Abraham as being what? The father, but guess what? He was a Gentile. So that even makes it more important that promise was made to someone that was not an Israelite uh, but as we know uh, he went on to live faithfully with God let's keep going uh, let's read uh, 16 through 18 or did I already read that oh let's add 18 to it um, and for if the inheritance comes by the law it no longer comes by the promise but God gave it to Abraham by a promise so where does life come from because that we adhere to the laws of Georgia? Do we get our life because we adhere to those laws? No. Someone might save my life uh, on that, but do we get to go to heaven because of the laws of the state of Georgia or the United States? No. That's a rhetorical question, of course, right? And he's saying here that you can't get life from following the law. And again, why? The law came 430 years after he made the promise to provide the promise made regarding to the seed or the offspring which is Christ who had to come Christ had to come and that's what Paul is challenging the uh, the Jewish mind and Paul was very good at challenging your intellect and of course where was he trained he was trained under Gabriel right and one of the top rabbis of the day his intellect was well refined and so he used that no let me put that differently God used his intellect to challenge us uh, our intellect and we can read now many people couldn't read at that time but they could think so uh, intellect and then a trump to the promise made to God it is not a trump to and if you ever played rook anybody played rook you got a what? Trump cards. You know, and you, if someone thinks they've really got this hand one, and all of a sudden, what do you do? A little five will trump a 15. 
You know, and but this, this is not what the law was. It was not going to trump what Abraham had as the promise and that Christ was coming. And so that's part of why uh, the law and what it's not. Let's keep going uh, to the next uh, scriptures, uh, 19 through 23, that's in Galatians, that same opening. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring could come to whom the promised land had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. I think I said that right. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if the law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. By the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So some powerful words here. And again, Paul is challenging that intellect. He's challenging your thinking. Um, how do you feel when you break the law? Guilty. And then what do you try to do sometimes when you break a law? You try to justify your what? Your reasons, right? Well, it doesn't apply to everybody. Or, you know so-and-so and so-and-so, and so, right? There's a law put in place. Now, I promise I'm not going to put a donkey in a bathtub, okay? So if you hear that I didn't do that, please don't hold me to that law uh, or tie my giraffe to a light post. I'm, you know, there's some laws that you're like, why? But they're put in place as what? As guidelines, as some borders. How many has bought a house lately? Anybody? I mean, sold a house. Okay, let's, let's pretend you did. How thick of a piece of papers do you have to write, uh, sign? Those are, those are commitments. Those are promises. Those are covenants. Those are some laws in there that you saying, I'm going to pay that money back. And you sign and sign and sign. How many read every last one of those? Okay. I still have it in my file. I did not read all of those uh, as we went through it. David, you're in accounting, right? There's laws. One plus one must equal what? Two. Or is it 11? Or is it three, right? But there's, there's laws, right? There's, you know, all that that you have to follow. Um, and so what he's trying to say here that why then the law? It was added because of transgressions. And what's, what's some of the transgressions? Lots of them, Right? There's a lot of transgressions. How many of us have transgressed against God? All of us. Right? We needed a Savior. Was the Savior there when this law was done? No. But there was a promise already made, and who always keeps his promises? God. Who in this room keeps your promises? Okay. None of us. We attempt to, don't we? And what happens? And a lot of times you tell people, don't promise something you can't keep. Because what are you going to do? You're going to amend your promise, aren't you? Well, 
blah, blah, blah. I got to amend that promise. Here, God said, I'm keeping my promise and the law is not going to make up for it. And we know that Christ is what is that promise. Now, when you read that Abraham was given that covenant and that the offspring, does it say Christ? Did it say, Abraham, I'm going to bring Christ, Jesus Christ, through you? Did it say that? It didn't spell it out like that, did it? We need the Old Testament to be able to understand what happened in the New Testament. If we don't have the Old Testament, all of a sudden this person out of nowhere, Jesus Christ, comes into the world. Who's this? You need the Old Testament to be able to understand it. I don't think there's any Jewish folks here. There might be a few, but uh, most of us came from where we didn't even have uh, the Jewish law in our family or you know the Judaism or whatever that was studied. So it's foreign to us. And we're even called, uh, the Gentile uh, sect is called the wild olive. Jesus talks about that we're the wild olive that's grafted into uh, him. And so that promise has to be made and you're not able to provide life through the law. Let's keep reading 24 through 25 in this opening. Um, and he goes on to say, So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now the faith has come and are no longer under a guardian. And that is, that is critical. Uh, what is a guardian? Okay, so Debbie's uh, commentary there says the guardian was there to take care of the children. Uh, like a tutor uh, is what that is. What's, what's another guardian? And it's not guardian the galaxy or, you know, uh, these guardians. If someone were to, uh, let's say my, my sister passed away and, and her uh, daughter, my niece, was still underage, I could become her what? Her guardian. And that's legal terms, right? But basically, I became her parent, but I'm her guardian now. I'm responsible for her until uh, 18. Uh, and some of you might have been in those situations. Uh, Pamela and I made sure in our will we had someone as a guardian for our children in case something happened. We went across seas. We said, well, we're going to make sure that's done. Uh, and so we did that so that we knew they were going to have, be protected if something happened to both of us on that. Yes, sir, Stan. Oh, I love that. Uh, so the school bus was the guardian to keep them safe until they got to. And sometimes that school bus gets to rocking, doesn't it? Loud. Is Tom here? Tom Algeria, he's not here. He's going to be a school bus driver. So give him some encouragement. Uh, 
on that. But a great, great example, because then when you got to the school, then you got to learn, you know, all that. And then you had to get back on the, the school bus. What happens between the school bus and the school? Hmm, you know, but good point, guardian. We also, while we're driving along the roads, what's on the side of the road that keeps them from going off? Guardrails. And so it's the same type thing, right? It's to try to keep you in between the lines and keep you out of danger, those guardrails. And that's what this law was set up to do, is God made the promise, 430 years later, he said, I've got to make some laws to keep you in guard until who comes? Until Christ comes. And we know the story. Along the way, where did they get off? They got off out between, they got off the school bus and didn't go to school, did they? They went off the road and got in trouble. There was sometimes that if, like Esther, if she hadn't stepped in, what would, where would the seed of Christ been? Potentially wiped off. Who was in control? God was in control. And in Esther, you'll ne never see the word God in there. It's like, it's amazing. Uh, and, you know, what she was doing was being driven, but it's like, here's the guard rails uh, as we go through. So, in 24 through 25, uh, Paul is wrapping that up and saying that it was a tutor, a guard, uh, to bring Christ. How many years was it before Christ came after the law? You can say a lot, okay? How many people had passed away living under this law before Christ ever came? A lot. Uh, and that had to be then what? given down to each generation. What do we know happened to the Israelites? They went, what? I love God, and then when, what did they do? I don't need God. I love God, I don't need God. I love God, I don't need God. How many times? How many times have you done that? I need God? Oh, God, I got this. Oh, I need God? And what do we come back to when we're really challenging ourselves? Is it Todd's law or is it God's law and we end up going back into the Bible and saying I need to put myself where back in those guards not the old law which we're fortunate to have the new law um, what had happened over time the, the Pharisees had done what to the law diluted it diverted it perverted it Jesus even said you know your perversion uh, what have we done to some of our laws <laughs> same things what have you done with some of your own moral and religious laws inside of you? Well, I kind of want to do X, Y, Z, so I'm going to compromise that law and make it my law. God, you know, I got you, but I'm going to do a little more, or I'm not going to do that. And what do we call that? Three letters, sin. We call that sin. And where do we go back to find sin? into the Bible, and how do we get out? So the law is not that. Let's go uh, to one other uh, verse in Romans. Romans 7 and 12. And we're going to flip back a couple of times in Rome because this is Paul talking uh, about the law in different places. Romans uh, chapter 7, verse uh, 12, he's talking about the law and sin. In verse 12, he goes on to say that so the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteousness and good. And so he's talking about that the law here 
the law is holy, just, good, but it was temporary. Okay? And it's important to know that because what was Paul? Where was his upbringing? He was a Jew, right? And he studied it very detailed with the rabbis. He understood it, but then now he's telling us it was temporary. Uh, and there's temporary laws that go into place. If In Georgia, if you're going out of business, you have to, the law says you have to get a license to be able to go out of business. And so how long does that law last for that person until they go out of business, right? It's a temporary, but they have to go get a license to then go out of business, which, you know, you're like, hmm, why is that? But there's some laws in place. Same thing here. That law was put in place, but then it was now I moved on. So I wanted to make sure with the people of Israel, Israel, the law was not to give them life. It was not to get them to heaven. It was to help them with their transgressions. It was to point to Christ. And it was to say, this is where the promise is uh, as we go on. So let's keep going. Um, let's go into Colossians. Uh, yep, Colossians 2. And let's uh, read uh, Colossians 2. 14 through 17. And I can get my fingers to work here. There we go. Colossians 2, 14 through 17. And it's still with the principle, uh, the purpose of the law for the Israelites. Uh, in verse 14, it uh, states, By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, that he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food or drink and with regard to a festival and a new moon or the Sabbath. There are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So what happened to the law when Christ was crucified. It ended. It was no longer. It was no longer. And most of us should have a will. When is that will implemented? At your death. And that is a testament basically saying that this is going to happen. But it, can I execute that will right now? I have a will. Can I go ahead and execute that will? I can do some things if I wanted to that I've got in there, but all the things that I've said does not happen until I'm no longer here. So now the old law was put to death <clears throat> with Christ, and it ended uh, when it was nailed on the cross. Let's uh, flip over to Ephesians 2, and we'll read 14 through 16. Ephesians 2 14 through 16, and that's one in Christ. Um, <clears throat> for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And so what Paul again is saying here in Ephesians is that it ended when Jesus was nailed to the cross. 
Was the law good? Yes. Did it help them do moral things? Yes. Civil? Yes. And they're religious and ceremonial? Yes. But all those now are gone. Uh, let's read Romans uh, 7, 1 through 6. Go back to Romans. Romans chapter 7, 1 through 6. And it's uh, my heading. Uh, sometimes you have the heading from Tyndall. Uh, released from the law is what it says in this section. Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, the law that is binding on a person only as long as he lives? For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from uh, according to the law of the marriage. According, she will be called uh, uh, adulteress if she lives with another man where her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free uh, from the law. And if she marries another, she's not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of spirit and not in the old way of the written code and this is written specifically to the Jews because they were holding on to the law and what's he saying when you became a Christian you died to that law just as Christ when he died put the old law away and now you're attaching yourself to Christ who is the new law same thing with us that we're, we're considered Gentiles, right? We were living a different world, let's just say. Because what did, what did they say about the Gentiles? They were pagan worshipers. So the Gentile could still hold on to whatever their, quote, law was, but then they put that away. And that's what you did when, if uh, those that are baptized, you made that decision, I'm putting away old self, right? When you came out, of the water, did you all of a sudden like, oh, you felt great. Nothing special about the water. It was your commitment, but you had to go to the baptism to touch Christ's blood to be removed of what? The old law, the old sin, and go forward. <clears throat> and as it says there, uh, the new fruit. So what's my new fruit? Am I following the old law and following that fruit? Or the new law is what? Jesus is pretty simple. Love God with what? Everything. And oh, show me by loving your neighbor as yourself. And keep his commandments. It's only a few things. How hard is that, folks? You don't have to answer that. Because uh, we're here today to try to get better at that, right? But that's what happened. It became a few handful of things that God just says, love. And we need faith, hope, and love. Right? And what's going to be left when we get into heaven? Faith? Nope. Don't need faith anymore. Do I need hope that I'm going to heaven? Nope. Don't need that anymore. But I'm still going to have what? Love. And I'm going to show that love. You know, and that's what he's asking us to do. So in Romans, 
here as we talked about it, the Jews that were converted to Christ, you died to the law, leave it alone, move forward. And it was hard because how many of us have traditions in our homes? All of us. How hard is it to stop doing some of those traditions? It's hard. Okay? And there's a saying, uh, you know, you go to eat and you see a meatloaf that's square. And so someone asked, Mom, hey, Mom, why, why is the meatloaf square? You know, you could have made it nice and round or whatever. I don't know. Mom always did it. Okay, well, let's go ask Grandma then. Grandma, why, why is the meatloaf square? She said, well, my mom only had a pan that was so big, and she had to put it in there, so that's where it became square. But guess what had happened? It was tradition, right, that it kept going. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Hebrews, I'm not going to read these scriptures in the uh, essence of time. I didn't know that we were going that fast. Uh, it was replaced with a new covenant and a new promise. So let's go into us. Let's go into people of Christ. So the people of Christ, I'm just going to, we only have about five minutes, so I will go through this, and thank you for allowing me to do this. The people of Christ, uh, the, the purposes of the law is that the law cannot save us, that we, it was the knowledge of sin. The law gave us the knowledge of sin, and I will read that one, uh, Romans 3, 19 through 20. Hold on just a minute. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. And that's what we have learned in the Old Testament, is now we understand sin. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. That's where sin entered, and then we had to see the impact of that sin for 39, uh, 39 books of the Old Testament, right? Sin, 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 and we needed a Savior. Uh, it was written for our learning and our knowledge. Uh, sometimes I want to move on over uh, Deuteronomy and stuff. It's like, okay, that's kind of, oh, man, why is he writing all this stuff? It's, it's all these genealogies. You're like, oh, but there's reason for it. God put it there for a reason. It's also the history of God dealing with the Israelites preserved. Our hope, our patience and comfort, because we're in sin right now. He promised that he was going to send a Savior, and his promise that we're going to have heaven is what our hope is and what our comfort is and proof that God will keep his promises. And he kept his promises, didn't he? And that's what we need the Old Testament for. Let's keep going. Uh, the next uh, uh, section is, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, is talking about uh, the people written for our what? We don't use that word a lot, do we? But it was written for uh, that. It was for us to remain steadfast. I got to go back to, how do you stay steadfast? You got to go back to the scriptures. Uh, be patient in suffering. How many of us have suffered? All of us. And James talks about that what? Trials and tribulations, but be patient. Watch out for who? False teachers. How do I know you're teaching me false? You've got to have the scripture. 
in your heart. You've got to have your scripture in your mind to understand, well, well, that doesn't sound right. Let's go back to the scripture. So the Old Testament was there for us to understand the law and what the New Testament was going to bring. The next one is wisdom. How many of us have wisdom? Okay, nobody raised your hand. We all have some wisdom, right? But we're still what? Wisdom is the use of knowledge. And so if you've got that knowledge, you've got to use it. And so as we go through the next few here, the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. And the Old Testament and the New Testament is revealed. Think about that. Christ is talked about where? In the Old Testament, over and over and over and over. He might not be Christ. It's called what? Messiah, Savior, Prince of Peace. The firstborn, I mean, so and so and so on. Christ has talked about it, the promise. And now everything in the New Testament is now revealed from what Christ, what God had promised that was going to happen. The Old Testament makes us wise for redemption and the promise. It also tells us that the fall of man and the rise of sin, we need someone to save us. And that's so important. There's over 365 prophecies about who? about the Savior, about the Messiah, about Christ in the Old Testament. So if you didn't have the Old Testament, you wouldn't understand 100 of them are very specific about the Messiah. There's 365 that is prophesied in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So you wouldn't be able to understand that if you didn't have the Old Testament. And then to understand uh, that Jesus is better, and that's the theme in Hebrews, Jesus is better than anything you can throw at me. Any angel, any priest, any Levi, any church, any, any, you know, da, 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 da. He goes better, 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 better. If you didn't have the Old Testament, you wouldn't understand any of that. And so it's so important. Finally, it's for our profit. And all scripture is written for our profit, right? Does that mean that my wallet's going to be a lot thicker? No, my knowledge is for the profit and then that fruit is for who? For God. That's the profit of what we're doing with our actions. Many days, I don't want to do it for God. I want to do it for Todd. I got to be careful, Donna. It's okay to have, because Jesus did go to the mountain and say, I need a little time. I need to, I need to, I need to pray. Uh, but he was doing it all still for God. Uh, the Old Testament is profitable for doctrine. The nature of God, we find out about the nature of God in the Old Testament. Did we find out about the nature of God in the New Testament? No. We find out also man and sin and how they are against each other uh, of God. They reproof and correct. My dad used to use that every once in a while. Well, Todd, we're going to reproof. We're going to correct some things. And he was basing it off what the scripture uh, did. Instruction in righteousness so that we have a good life. If we live by the laws of the land right now, what kind of life would we have? It wouldn't be good, would it? I mean, there's some good things in there, don't get me wrong, but this would give us that life. And the apostles, how many of the apostles, when they wrote, appealed to the Old Testament? All of them. And they even quote from the Old Testament, don't they? Jesus even, what? Quoted from the Old Testament. So it had to be there. And then the principles of righteousness remain in the New Testament. So just because the law was, the old law was, had the righteous, the New Testament is where we need to have our uh, 
roots in, but you've got to understand the Old Testament and the New Testament. So, as I finish, uh, thank you for your attention. Thanks for letting me uh, uh, stand in for Stan. The purpose of the law for the Israelites was to understand the nature of sin. Well, guess what? It's also for us to understand the nature of sin. And some of those sins in the Bible, you're like, how stupid are they? And then you look yourself in the mirror and you say, what? Same thing. So guess what? I had something to compare it with and say, oh, I'm just as whatever. Uh, it guided them to redemption in Christ. The Israelites, a lot of them on the day of Pentecost finally realized what? Oh, no. That's what the law has been talking about. And what did we do with, with our Savior? We killed him. And Peter's message was powerful. But the redemption comes only through Christ. Same thing with us. And then those that are people of Christ is the knowledge and abomination, and then the wisdom and spiritual prophet. So thank you for your time. Uh, Stan will be here next week, but it's a, it was a great study for me. Hope it was for you. Uh, go home and uh, read the Old Testament and understand what it was pointing towards. And have a great rest of the day. We'll get to worship here in a few minutes.